0: welcome to Season 3 of Patches and Prosecco. I'm your host for the day and I hope you guys have your glasses because we kind of got to talk, don't we? There's some uh, developments that's been happening and I wanted to hop on the episode immediately because I wanted to talk about it ASAP, no Rocky. And... I had to come on the silence for what he's been through in Sweden. But in all, in all seriousness, there's been a lot going on in the pageant world, specifically in the black pageant world. Both good and not so good. So get your glasses. Pour it a little bit extra for me <laughs> because this episode is going to get real, real quick. Tune in. So I just wanted to first thank all of the listeners out there who have been dedicated to this podcast. I see you. I see it in the numbers, and I appreciate it. I really do. Even when I take my nice little summer hiatuses from this show, I see the numbers are still being um, going up, and I appreciate that. I really do. Glad you guys are tuning in and glad you guys are sipping along with me and glad we are talking about my two favorite things, which is wine and pageants, obviously. But I think we're talking about pageants more. So... I don't even know where to start. I guess I'll just update you guys on kind of where I've been in life. I, what can I say? Oh, I competed for Miss Earth USA, obviously. I won Miss Illinois Earth USA at the end of April, and I went to the Miss Earth USA pageant in Las Vegas. My first time in Las Vegas, technically, because a little TMI, but I was conceived in Vegas on a nice i guess warm day in march of 19 something and i went back to vegas or i went there for the first time um in my human form <laughs> but I had a great time at the miss earth usa pageant, met some fabulous queens and had a great roommate nadia from florida miss southeast shout out to her and i had a great time great time Meanwhile, I've just been working at my job at the TV station out here in Rockford. And that's pretty much it. I wanted to hop on this episode specifically because a national pageant just concluded. First, let me just say what I'm drinking. Why don't we start there? (laughs) So I have a very delicious, this is the last of my bottle um, I, I wasn't drinking before this, but I haven't had it open for a few days. This is a red blend from California, and I got it because, one, it was in clearance, and two, it said it tastes like chocolate. The more I drink it, the less chocolate I taste, but I guess it is kind of there, but it's a nice little red blend, so I'm drinking something dark and a little bit heavy. I think it's a Cabernet merlot blend, if I remember how the bottle looked. So, hope you guys got something good with you. Mm-mm-mm. Tastes delicious. So, I want, talk, I, have, I want to talk about this podcast because a national pageant just concluded, and there was some disappointment expressed via social media about the competition. And some of the concerns may seem superficial to those who are outside the pageant world. I get it. It may even seem a bit superficial to those who are in the pageant world. But at the end of the day, it's a similar not-so-good experience being had by contestants of a certain race. I'll put it at that. And there's some systems that, as I said before, might be for us, by us, but not necessarily for our good, you know. And it makes me so upset as a person because not only are people really putting their souls and energy and their dreams into competing in a pageant, but... They're being let down, significantly let down. This isn't a simple L. Oh, you know, I didn't win this game. There'll be more games. It's heartbreak. There's a difference between being okay at losing a competition because somebody has to lose and straight up scamming people out of their money. Claiming that you're having a pageant. There's a huge difference. There's a huge difference in girls being upset that they didn't get all that they were supposed to get. Versus competing in a pageant and your basic needs aren't being met. As far as food or your safety. And I know that there's some naysayers out there that might be like, well, it's just a pageant. Who cares? You should expect that. But if you were sending little Timmy off to soccer camp and they only had one ball to play with with eight teams, then you would be like, where's my money going to? How, how am I paying $1,600 for little Timmy to go to soccer camp and they only have one soccer ball? You would have a little problem with that too. It's the same thing. Just because I'm competing in a pageant does not make that any different than someone competing in a dance competition, someone going to American Idol, someone wanting to be on America's Got Talent, The Voice, um, cheerleading camp, band camp, chess camp. It's We all have our way of living this thing called life. And we all have our hobbies. And some people's hobbies are different. So, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what industry, I choose to express myself outside of my 9 to 5 or 6.30, technically. I get an hour of overtime every day, don't tell nobody. But it's the fact that people are just trying to get to this thing called life and they can't because there's patterns out there that are scamming people in real life. And it sucks a lot. Because there's people who are putting, it's not just dollars and people's faces on dollars. They're raising money for this. There's people who are giving money to people because they support that person. Not necessarily the cause of the pageant, but they support that person enough to drop some money on them. You know, like you would a friend or a parent to a child. You believe in that human being. So for that human being to have a bad experience at a pageant would suck a lot. And to be that human being who's had bad experiences, it sucks to have to go back to your home base and say, hey, <laughs> yo, I appreciate it. You hooked the sister up. But I left because I didn't I wasn't feeling it. And that's where I've been a few times. Well, not a few times, I can't say that, but I've been there at pageants where I wanted to leave and take my happy self right back to Chicago because this it was a scam. And when something doesn't feel right, you leave the situ- you leave the situation, you leave the room. If you know what's what which your worth is, then you wouldn't accept anything less. You will not accept anything less, and I'm not saying this to name any one particular system, because you guys heard my episode, my podcast. I have called out the Miss Black Miss Black America system because I honestly feel like I just want to protect the next person, and as a pageant lover slash expert. I think at this point, 10 years in the game, I think time is only don't mind me. I think that, and just as a journalist by trade, someone who's always been talkative and willing to share information and teach people and be behind the camera and editing and all that fun stuff, as someone who sees a problem and wants to fix it using... Media, that's a good definition, I feel like you have to speak up. And if you don't, you're just letting somebody else down in the future. And what service would I be as a human on this planet if I went through something really not nice, really not good, and wasn't truly beneficial to me? um, If I didn't prevent the next person from going through that same kind of heartbreak? You know, actually, in the TV business, it's the same way. Actually, that's true, in the TV business. Working in small markets, like where I'm at right now, Rockford, or Eugene, Oregon, or Boondock, Middle of Nowhere, Missouri, or, you know, those are small markets in TV, uh, TV speak. Large markets would be Chicago, New York, LA. And, you know, some people say you got to start small and move your way up to get to L.A., get to Chicago. So you got to bounce from market to market moving up in market size. So when people do that, they stay like two, three years at one station and move on. If you if you live in a smaller um, area, you might notice that the reporters stay for a few years and they leave or you get new anchors every once in a while. That's because they're ready to move on in their life and in their career. And they got all the experience they need at that station to move up and start asking for more, more money or a more desired schedule or position like the anchor desk (sighs) this wine is delicious and along that route on their way up you might not have you know a nice station if you if you went to two i don't know what the average is i'm assuming people go to like three stations before they get where they want to go whether that's Chicago or like network news like CNN, ABCs, the NBCs, CBSs of the world, you probably go to like four stations, four, probably five, three to five TV stations in different market sizes to get where you want to go. And along that journey, you might run into a few news directors that's not so nice or co-workers that's not so nice or newsrooms as a whole that's not so nice. People talk about it all the time. There's a whole news blog dedicated to... craziness going on at these stations, whether it's just a toxic environment or bad management or a shit show, for lack of a better word. And there's people who are out there trying to prevent other journalists from going to that TV station market because they know that it won't be worth it or you'll be put in more demand than you are getting paid for, or you'll be asked to do all this stuff that's not in your job description. So there's a whole website dedicated to, to this so people know where to go, where not to go, how much they're going to pay you, and how much you could probably get to help prevent you from making the same mistakes that they did. That, to me, is my biggest reason for hopping on this podcast episode today. And I am chilling. Like I'm telling you guys, I am taking a bath right now, drinking this wine, talking to you all because I wanted to immediately hop on this episode Because of things that I've seen in the comments about a national pageant. And it hurts my heart to see it a lot. And I just want people to understand that it's not right. It's not. And I don't have the answers as to how it can be better. But I do know a few things. And one one of those is that people need to speak up. People need to speak up regardless of how long it's been that you competed, regardless of how close a relationship you might have had with a director. If you know that some fugaziness is going on consistently and there's more than one person who don't know each other saying something is consistently gazy, then people need to band together to change it or else there'll just be more and more people more and more girls competing in these systems that's going to take their money and they're all going to be heartbroken like I, how many hearts are we going to break before we're all like hey hey, this happened to you YouTube. Oh, YouTube. YouTube?" i mean not to be you know not to put compare this to anything bigger but if you look at just like how, uh, I don't wanna say what, I don't, I, just the trauma that some of the women went through who accused Bill Cosby of drugging them, they went through that silently for a long time because they thought they were the only ones who experienced that. It wasn't until they got together as a collective, 52 of them, that they were stronger as a voice and were able to make change no matter how long that change took because there were some people who's, who couldn't even accuse them or, or do anything um, legally because of such your limitations but something was done eventually that's the point it doesn't matter how small of an issue yeah maybe the pageants didn't feed us so what? should I expect food at a pageant? maybe not But it's the fact that consistently, year after year, people are not having a great experience or they're not having an experience that needs to be had. And someone, I just got the phone, said that maybe we have our expectations too high for some of these organizations and that we ask our own people to do too much in return. But I don't think so. I think there's basic things that I would want in the pageant competition while I'm there. There's been pageants I could pee it in, didn't win. I did not win a pageant for um, almost 10 years. But I never felt the need to put them on blast like I did the America system, this Black America system. Because the experience overall was a good one. Win, lose, or draw. However, after this Black America, my experience birthed this podcast. <laughs> and this podcast is what I think is going to help start a discussion into the hoopla of what it means to be a pageant contestant in 2019. It's not just one pageant system. This is a systematic problem in this industry, which is why on other episodes, I was talking about maybe even creating a pageant board to regulate this. Because I feel like a lot of girls, white and black, are being scammed with the hopes of getting their dream crown. And it sucks a lot, a lot. So, I'm not trying to be petty. I don't even believe in throwing out disclaimers because it's weak to me. Like, I hate when people say, oh, no shade to this, but you ain't gotta say that. If, you, if it's no shade, then you gotta say that. But this is not a disclaimer of any one system. I'm trying to be petty. I just honestly believe in the nature and the true competition of pageantry and I feel like it should be fair. If not, then what's the point? If if there's a winner already chosen from the jump, then why why would I even feel motivated to continue competing in this system? You know, if I know you're hand selecting queens based off who can kiss your ass the best, I'm not that's not a fair competition. And in no other industry do you see that. Things are based off like for real, like if you look at, like off skill. If you look at gymnastics, you know, you're based off of your skill. That's how it should be in pageants, not because Simone Biles knows a judge or Simone Biles knows NBC, or she did a commercial for them and now they're gonna give her the gold. No, she had to work for it. It's the same thing in pageants. I just, we just want to work for something that is legit. And along the way, while we're at national competition, we want everything to be legit. I need to be fed. I need to have enough sleep. I'm competing in a beauty pageant, so the beauty part needs to be upkept. And that I can't be stressed out. At Miss Black America, I had two panic attacks. Two. Count them, one, two, two panic attacks. You want to know how many I had before I competed at Miss Black America? Probably none. I don't think I even recall being that stressed out. To a point where I broke down crying twice at a national competition. Twice. Over just some bogusness to the fact that and I remember one was in particular I mean listen to the episode I go into more detail there cause I have a better memory back then but <laughs> one was because I was just so sad cause I wanted to quit I was so sad so sad because I really wanted to quit probably like on that Thursday, Friday and the was on Sunday I was just so done like, over it, done. If it was a guy, I would have bounced. But I feel like I had to be there because people gave me, people really supported me. My my village showed out. Showed out. And I, no, for, for yeah, they showed out. They did. People really um, believed in me and helped me out quite a bit. And I appreciate every single dollar that was donated, so I felt like I had to do it for Lil' Sane. Like, <laughs> I had to, I had to do it for them. I had to see it through, so I saw it through, and I saw some things that was just a mess. There's no reason why there should be girls crying because of their their feet are bleeding. There's at three o'clock in the morning, um, while we're all on stage. It was a complete catastrophe, catastrophe, catastrophe (laughs) (laughs) on finals night at 3 a.m. when the packing finally ended. But we were still in the theater on stage at 3 a.m. A lot of girls are left by that point, they left hours beforehand. The last people who remained were me, some of the girls in top 10, and their parents in the audience. And then backstage was just such a sad scene. And I have a video of it because I went live on Instagram and I wish I would've stayed live just to keep documenting it. And now that video has no sound and it makes me so sad because you could just hear the sadness and the terror-like tone to people's voices because of what was happening. And because everybody knew that at that point it was rigged, nothing was making sense, the audience knew it, and that to me is just a sad, sad experience, and nobody should have to go through that again and there I told yeah, I laid this all out, go back. Like America is the Fire Festival of Pageants, part one and part two. And check it out, just hear what I have to say. Um, and then just, just listen with open ears to the fact that, anyway, I'm going on a tangent here. What I'm trying to say is, at the end of the day, you can't expect a you know everybody to come through with their promises. You can't. You can't expect pageants to be perfect. You can't expect anything to be perfect. But would you go see a doctor if you knew Betty Sue said, nah, he kind of I'm going to go to him, but I don't know. I don't know what he got going on, but I don't, I'm going to go there." He's like, okay, you know, Betty Sue might be biased. Maybe Betty Sue. Maybe she slept with him. Maybe she biased. You know, whatever. And then Sharon from Tennessee's like, yeah, you know, Dr. So-and-so kind of, I don't know if I would go see him. You know, when I went over there, here's what happened to me. All right, you know, maybe she a little biased too. And then you see someone else from Texas talking about, yeah, you know, this is my experience. it's Stuff don't, like, there's a common denominator. There's been a few people who, has a, who have approached me and said some things about people. And I know for a fact They don't know each other. So it's not like it's a conspiracy theory. It's strangers telling me things about people. And so when you see that and you hear what some other contestants are complaining about, it just comes down to who who is really willing to help make a change for the better, for these girls, for... People who want to compete in, in, the, in these pageants wholeheartedly and sincerely, but have such a bad experience that they feel like it broke their heart. And my last point, I want to say, I don't want to go on too long for, of a tangent here, is when it comes down to being black and beauty and how black is perceived as beautiful or the lack thereof back in the day, probably even still to this day, there's a higher standard put on black women to be great in beauty pageants. If you look at some of the past title holders for systems, you have people who were scientists, who were active duty, you know, who were lawyers, lawyers. People who are certified in their careers, not studying to be anything, they're there, but they won. And it took the brains part for people to be like, oh, this person is, I mean, it might not have, but this is a higher standard of beauty placed on black women that sometimes it's hard for us just to simply be considered a title holder or a beauty queen because we're the minority in the pageant, you know? So if we look out of place in the pageant, the judges who might look like the majority of the contestants might not see my black as beautiful. As beautiful as it is, they might not see that. They might be like, oh, that looks a little too aggressive or frightening or bold. I don't know if I trust it as a title hold, you know what I'm saying? Now, today, yes, that's being broken. We have eight, I think that was last number, eight current USA national title holders who are women of color, which needs to be applauded. Let me go ahead and take a drink for that. Needs to be applauded. But look how long it took us to get there. But from the rule, the infamous rule number seven, in the Miss America system, saying that you have to, you can't, you have to be of white descent, or you can't be of African descent. Whatever rule number seven was that said that you can't be black and compete in the pageant. Period. To 2019, and Miss America whether I was nineteen twenty 20, 2019. What's that? Look at, I mean, like just, just look at the history of pageants, and look at the history of what it took for a black woman to be considered beautiful. And I feel like we're just now being fully represented for who we are as a group of women for our beauty. In the last, like, six months, people are like, oh, look, this girl who has a darker melanin complexion to her, she's beautiful. Oh, look, she. before it was the Tyra Banks of the world, the Naomi Campbell's. It was such a select few... Individuals who were considered the standard of black beauty that no one else that looked like them were considered beautiful. People are just now looking at Aaliyah and people from the 90s as beautiful because they had no makeup and they were more natural, the Lauren Hills. And people are like, oh, what happened to this beauty? Well, when we had that beauty in the 90s, people were like, oh, you need straight hair. You need this. You need that. You need a permeated relaxer. And now they're like, oh, what happened? Why? It's tough being a black woman. And just imagine doing that. We're in a beauty contest. That's why it's so important to have these pageants around. The pageants that are catering to the black woman for who she is 100%. These pageants are necessary. They are necessary because... Women of color. Up until two thousand nineteen, up until um, depending on what this is, Sunday when Miss Supernatural USA was crowned by a black woman, well, a black woman was crowned Miss 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 Grand United States. No, Miss Supernatural USA is also black. In twenty nineteen, we had the most black women win national title holders. In twenty nineteen, Miss America, Miss USA, Miss Teen USA. All black women. Look how long it took to get there. I think Chesley Miss USA is the ninth, the tenth black Miss USA since it started in 1950. Something? 10? Like, (laughs) that's all you could find was 10. And granted, there's only one woman that can win. But we're on 88 years, I believe. 88 years, 70, 60, 80, you guys know my math. I'm not good at math. You get what I'm saying. How many Blackest Americans have you had? Eight? Like, come on now. Since the 20s? Come on now. So that's why there's these pageants around. That's why it's so important to have pageants like the Miss Black America system. But at the same time... I'm not going to compete in the pageant that's historic to helping us in their in their byline in their headline in their description and in real life they're scamming me out of my money that's not right that's bogus as hell and they're using their notoriety and their fame and their historic level of uh, they're, they're, they're using their history to scam women out of their money, claiming this is a pageant. But no one wants to say anything because, at the end of the day, did I go on stage in a dress? Yes, I did. Did I eat? Eventually, I did. What did my head get on a pillow every night? Sure, <laughs> it did. I'm just talking. I'm talking about this. But that is not my level of standard to compete in a pageant. Just because my there was food in my belly and I didn't get murdered, does not mean that there's no gray area in between. You can still have a ratchet, bogus time at a pageant, and <laughs> it feels like a way. And you can still have you can have a great time at a pageant. And not win and walk away feeling great. I shouldn't walk away feeling like take eight showers or whatever Kanye said. I should not feel like that walking into my pageant because I feel physically disgusted by what went on this week. And just sick. And that there's my parents in the audience watching this go down. That's embarrassing. And it's embarrassing to go back to your village, go back to your home base and tell them this too. That's why people just don't say nothing. And I get it if you don't want to say anything. That's your prerogative, but just know that in your silence, there's somebody else who's going to go out there and compete, and you could have stopped that. The way you felt walking away, like, you know what, this was bad, but it's behind me. It's above me now. There's someone else who's heading in that direction that you could prevent, and that's why I have this podcast. Welcome to season three.